When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fin side. It ain't the left Thank side. you, Solo D. Welcome to another episode of On the Fin Side here with Kat and Paul. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and on Spotify. I'm Brian Cat NFL. Paul is fanatic underscore pick on Twitter. The Dolphins face the 11-1 Kansas City Chiefs this weekend at Hard Rock Stadium in Miami. The Chiefs are currently seven-point favorites heading into this game. It'll be played at 1 p.m. Eastern time. We're joined here today to take a look at the Chiefs sideline with Ed Easton Jr., a beat writer and host for the USA Today's The Chiefs Wire. Be sure to follow Ed on his Twitter handle at Ed Easton Jr. Ed, thanks for joining us here today. Hey, man. Pleasure to be here. You bet. So looking at this game for the Chiefs, I mean, it looks like sunshine and rainbows there uh, with in, in KC. My, my uh, wife is actually a big Chiefs fan, so uh, hopefully she doesn't have bragging rights at the end of this week. But, uh, you know, Chiefs are Super Bowl champions last year. They're 11-1 and this year. Really – over the last four games, though, when, when you look at them, they, they've kind of been squeaking out a little bit more lately. Uh, you know, they, they've won their last four games, but they've won them by less than a touchdown. So kind of what's the feeling with the Chiefs heading into week 14 here against the Dolphins? Well, the feeling is uh, obviously everyone says, you know, they win games, but they're having these uh, close margin of victories. The main cause for this has not obviously not been the offense. The offense has been the best part of the team. Mahomes is clicking. He's playing at an MVP level. And what you've seen with Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, in terms of their consistency at, at playing even higher than their usual high levels has been a big help. The biggest concern so far has been the consistency of the running game as well as the defensive line. Uh, the main thing, especially the last two or three games, has been with with getting pressure to the quarterback as a guy like Frank Clark and, of course, Chris Jones. They, they are the highest-paid players on that defense, and they are dealing with their issues in terms of getting pressure. And we saw Frank Clark have his issues against Tom Brady with back-to-back uh, roughing calls on him. And for a veteran player, that's something that you just can't do. So when you look at the scores – Certainly. It, it, I'm sorry? Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. I was just saying, when you look at the scores, yes, they're, they're close games, but when you look at what the defense can be, and they have a lot of, there's a lot of talent there, especially in the secondary that has played well. You want to see more pressure on the quarterback from the defensive line in the running game. You want to see more of a balance between Le'Veon Bell and Clyde Edwards-Alaire. 
uh, both guys, it, it, it's still they still try to figure out on the fly, considering that Le'Veon was signed mid, sort of mid-season, and uh, he hasn't quite found his legs with the playbook and trying to play him on a regular basis. Clyde Edwards-Alaire was sick this past week, so that was a big, uh, a big shift in regards to how they wanted to run the offense. So those are some things that are a concern, but a win is a win, and I think that's the way uh, Andy Reid and company are looking at it. Certainly, certainly. And you'll get Clyde Edwards-Hilaire back this week after that illness. Uh, Le'Veon Bell split time with Darrell Williams last week instead of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, so they're going to be upgrading the running back spot here this week. At quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, what more can you say? I mean, thirty-eight over 3,800 yards passing, 31 touchdowns, two interceptions, likely the MVP of the NFL this year, may have some guys sneaking in, but to for me, he's the MVP of the NFL and the best player in the NFL. And he's thrown to two receivers who, with four games left in the season, have over 1,100 yards. That's Travis Kelsey at tight end and Tyreek Hill. I mean, what more can you say about this this passing attack than than what's you know that's shown on the stat sheet? But my real question to you here, Ed, is, you know, Pat Mahomes, how would you compare how he's played in 2020 compared to the last two years that he's had? Well, you know, that's been a fun question that has been thrown, uh, I feel like, in most uh, most discussions regarding Patrick Mahomes. This season is uh, so much different, even more from his MVP season, because he's able to read the defenses a lot better. In uh, past years, he kind of – he always has that uncanny ability that no one else can really uh, can really replicate in regards to just fighting guys and, and uh, making these, these crazy throws, whether it's side, you know, sideways or not even looking and just – just making these amazing plays. This year, if you noticed, a lot of these plays are made because he's seeing what the defense is throwing at him. That was a big point of emphasis in the offseason to become a better all-around quarterback, not just have to rely on your ability to uh, read the defenses and see who's the open man. A lot of times, if you've seen so far, yes, Travis Kelsey and um, Tyreek Hill are the top, top receivers on the team, but you've seen other plays like Byron Pringle make big catches. And uh, you're kind of wondering, like, if as a defense, who are you going to match up against? When Sammy Watkins is healthy, Sammy Watkins is such a matchup problem because you're so worried about Tyreek Hill, you're so worried about Travis Kelsey. These are the type of things that Mahomes has sure. started to pick up on more than he has in past seasons. And when you look at him now as an all-around quarterback, he is taking the time, he's, he's surveying the field. Travis Kelsey is always going to be a top option because he always finds a way to get open but he also knows when to tuck it and run as well. So when you look at him as, as just a, a player this season, he's put together just a, a great balance of figuring out the offense, learning what the defense is giving him, as well as taking his own, uh, using his own ability to make something out of nothing. Great breakdown there. And yeah, Mahomes just seems to be more and more well-rounded with each game that passes by. In addition to 3,800 yards passing, He's got 235 yards on the ground this year, too. So it's going to be a great matchup between the Chiefs offense, that's second in points per game at 30.8, and the Dolphins defense that has allowed the second fewest amount of points here this year at 17.9. So we talked about the offense and the skill positions there. Along the offensive line, they had some injuries here this year. Mitchell Schwartz at right tackle, Kalichi Assimile at left guard, and I, I think there may be another guy in there I'm forgetting. They've, they've plugged up those units pretty well, at least from a production standpoint, at least it looks like. 
How would you break down the offensive line? Well, the offensive line, it's, it's been a work in progress. Uh, it's been a lot better than it has. Like if we had this point last year, there were some issues obviously leading to the Mahomes injury. Uh, this season, there has been more of a balance in regards to, okay, we have an injury. Schwartz going down is, was a big blow. You're talking about a guy who's a leader on that line. But uh, I just uh, it's been a, a pretty much a, a back and forth of who we can pick in to, to just fill a hole for a moment. Um, there has been some issues in regards to just protection, and Mahomes has been rushed the uh, last couple of games because of it. And you want to see more of a push in regards to the running game. But with the offensive line, you kind of can only expect but so much because of the injuries. Uh, as, as you just mentioned, the, uh, the Kalishi um, assembly injury earlier in the season was such a big blow because he was taking over for Duvernay, who was out because of uh, he's handling COVID. And it, it's been these different things that have popped up on the offensive line. But just uh, hats off to the team to just be able to maintain and still plug guys in and just try to get through each game because – this isn't the team at full strength. You know, the offensive line at full strength is what you would what you would want as every team in the NFL want because obviously the Dolphins, you guys deal with your own injuries as well. The, uh, the Chiefs have done a great job of just making it work with what they have. Certainly. Laurent Duvernay-Tardif at right guard, he's another guy that hasn't played this year because of, uh, you know, on the front wall there for COVID. Uh, kudos to him. Left guard, Kalichi Assembly out for the year. Mitchell Schwartz, probably the best right tackle in the league, uh, also out. So, yeah, I, I, it, I think they've done an admirable job of patching that together and, and still doing well. And Patrick Mahomes' ability to get out of the pocket, it looks like, it has also, you know, being able to make plays on the move and keep things moving downfield has probably helped out the offensive line, too. Oh, definitely. Definitely. It's been something that they've needed. Uh, any type of relief when you're talking about guys that are kind of kind of mixed, you know, out of position and not really used to being comfortable, and you want to have a quarterback that can make plays happen on his own, and that's another one of the Mahomes magic things that we see every week. It, there's no way of kind of putting him in a box. He finds different ways to make plays happen. Certainly, and on the defensive side of the ball, you know, I think the mainstream uh, misconception about the Chiefs is that they're unbelievable on offense, but defensively, they're average to below average. And I disagree with that because when I look at, you know, kind of where they rank defensively, I mean, they're sixth in the NFL, I believe, in points allowed and fifth in the NFL in quarterback rating of a of opposing quarterbacks at 84.6, which to me in, in today's NFL is are the two most important defensive stats. But you mentioned that the Chiefs have suffered kind of from a lack of pass rush, even with Frank Clark and Chris Jones on the roster. What do you attribute to the success they've had on defense this year? Oh, it has been definitely the uh, secondary. You're looking at guys like Juan Thornhill coming back earlier than expected from the ACL injury. Uh, Tyran Matthew is quite arguably the best best safety in the league, depending on who you ask, in terms of his leadership and just keeping everybody motivated. Uh, the plays they've been making have been unbelievable. For a team that realistically the strength has always been the defensive line, if you talk about the defense, uh, the cornerback position has always kind of been the weaker side. They've, they've made some plays. There has been some big plays from Bashad Breeland over the last couple of games, uh, Tiberius Ward. These are guys that don't get enough credit. Yes, they do give up some big plays, as we, as we saw in that uh, Raiders game uh, back at home in Kansas City. 
they do give up the big play here and there, but for the most part, they are solid corners. And uh, like I said, the safety positions have been such such a clutch spot for this Chiefs team. Most of the interceptions and big takeaways have been coming from the secondary. And also, I do yeah, want to shout out Daniel Sorensen. I'm sorry, I want to shout out Daniel Sorensen as well, who is not a starter, but he plays so much that you think he's a starter out there. Daniel Sorensen, like you said, has three interceptions and two forced fumbles on the year. Uh, so a big playmaker, but down to down and matchup wise uh, could be beaten. Um, so at cornerback, Chevarius uh, Ward and Brashad Breeland are the two cornerbacks I've seen outside there on the perimeter should be matching up with the likes of Devontae Parker. Do you expect these two guys to start in this game as well? You know what? It's going to be uh it's going to be an interesting battle. I mean, you got a guy like Devontae um, Parker, who's a great, he's a great wide receiver. Um, in terms of who will probably be matched up with him, I can see Trevarius Ward starting off with him for a while. And uh, the Chiefs, usually when they play defense, it's, it's, there is man-to-man, but you're going to see a lot of safety help. So there won't be a situation where it will just be one-on-one the entire game. You're going to see a lot of uh, Juan Thornhill, a lot of Tyron Matthew uh, jumping up at him. There's, that's kind of like the way the Chiefs and uh, Steve Spagnuolo like to run their defense. They, they see a top target, obviously like Parker, and you want to try to – isolate them as much as possible and not give them as many opportunities to make big plays. Certainly, certainly. And on, on the ground, you know, it's kind of interesting with the, with the chiefs, they back in, in week nine and week 11, they face Christian McCaffrey and Josh Jacobs, and they do a heck of a job on them. Then this past week, these past two weeks, Ronald Jones, nine carries for 66 yards, Melvin Gordon, 15 for 131 last week against uh, against the KC defense here. How would you assess the Chiefs' run defense? Has it been a little bit sporadic this year, or do you, you think the Dolphins might have the opportunity to get some yards on the ground? Well, they have been sporadic. Um, when you talk about the defense, uh, in terms of the uh, run defense, I always look at the linebackers. And uh, one of the biggest projects for the Chiefs has been um, uh, Willie Gay, uh, our draft pick this season. So it, just developing him and becoming more consistent and getting opportunities to play, they looked at him as a guy that could be there to stop the run. Um, there are certain games, and it, it's kind of like with uh, most teams, there are certain players in which you get up for and you see a guy like Christian McCaffrey on the other end, and you make it so much of your game plan to stop Christian McCaffrey that that becomes the main focus. Now, over the past couple of weeks, the running back has not been the main focus. A lot of the focus has been on the wide receivers and just making sure that you're putting pressure on the quarterback. I can see the uh, I can see the Chiefs trying to make adjustments in order to stop the run. And I, as much as I, I want to say the linebackers, the defensive line is such a big part of this. And if the defensive line is able to just try to maintain some type of control on Tua at the quarterback position, it does affect what happens with the run game. And we want to, well, in terms of the Chiefs, they want to push the uh, Dolphins into a more of a throwing situation as much as possible because you want to use these pass rushers and give them a chance to make plays. Certainly. And the Dolphins have shown the ability this year to become one-dimensional on offense. They did get Miles Gaskin back here this past week, who had a big game with 141 all-purpose yards. But it's been very, very inconsistent and sometimes downright awful for the Dolphins on the ground. So if the Chiefs can make them one-dimensional, that'll certainly help. And uh, you mentioned Willie Gay ran a 4-4-6-40 time in the NFL draft combine. So somebody who is rounding into form, didn't play a lot of snaps at Mississippi State, but, but certainly does have a lot of potential. 
so, Ed, what is your prediction, your score prediction for this game between the Chiefs and the Dolphins? Well, I feel like this is one of those games that, you know, for it's all the Chiefs fans that are listening as well, this is a tough matchup. This is a matchup where you can see a Dolphins team that is fighting for a, a playoff spot. They want to make sure that, uh, you know, you guys have a, a steady spot in the playoffs. You're going to see a lot more, um, I think, a lot more chances from the defense because Steve Spagnuolo wants to see that pass rush make more plays. I have it being close. I like Tua a lot at quarterback. And uh, I have it being a close game. I have the uh, Chiefs winning 27-20. I know I may differ from uh, where you see it as uh, representing with the Dolphins. Uh, I just see the uh, Dolphins being a tough team and a tough matchup across the board because uh, I'm, I'm a fan of that defense. Uh, I'm, a fan, I'm a fan of the head coach. Uh, I'm curious as to your thoughts as well with that. In fact, uh, believe it or not, I have the Chiefs winning by 10. So I've got them 31-21. You know, I, I look at the Chiefs in two different ways here is, you know, they they were frankly blowing out opponents, you know, between weeks, what, five and nine or so. And then the last four games, they haven't won a game by more than a touchdown, but they have won. So there's one of two ways to look at that is, are the Chiefs kind of like how the Steelers were, where they're, they start off really, really hot and they're blowing people out and then they're barely winning and then they finally lose one? Or is it kind of a wake-up call already where it's like, okay, we've barely won the last few weeks. We really better bring our A game against the Dolphins and, and their top defense here this week. I, I think it's, this, it's the latter, and I've got the Chiefs winning 31-21 to 21 in Miami. Uh, like I said, it's going to be a, a fun matchup. Um, I do want to you know, shout out uh, Brian Flores. and uh, you know, I'm curious, actually, I, I want to ask you, uh, your thoughts on Brian Flores as the head coach this season or even how he finished out last year, because he seems to be making all the right moves in order to get this team going. Absolutely love him. And when he was hired uh, before 2019, there were some candidates like uh, Vic, uh, Vic Fangio and Chris Richard, and I couldn't believe they hired Brian Flores. And now I couldn't be happier. I mean, the you really the biggest way that you can tell in addition to the decisions that he's made is that the Dolphins have the second fewest penalties in the league. They went from being one of the most penalized teams in the NFL under Adam Gase, now second in the league, uh, at least before this week in Cincinnati. And yeah, I thought it was a bold move to go from Fitzpatrick to Tua because at the time the Dolphins had won uh, three consecutive games with Fitzpatrick, but now you got Tua in there. He's getting a lot of experience. He has a quarterback rating of near a hundred and this is a big game for him. I mean, if he can go toe-to-toe with Patrick Mahomes, even if it's more of a defensive battle and win, to go to 5-1 and one on his resume, that, that, that speaks volumes. But overall, elated with Brian Flores so far. Definitely. So, Ed, uh, thanks for joining us here uh, on the show. And everybody should go check out Ed's Twitter handle there. And, Ed, uh, where, where can we find you there uh, on social media and, and on Twitter and on your other outlets? Well, uh, you can follow me on uh, my Twitter. Instagram is the same. It's at Ed Easton Jr. So it's the uh, same same name for both. Uh, you could also uh, check us out on uh, Chiefs Wire. It's ChiefsWire.com or ChiefsWire.USAToday.com. Let us know what you think of the articles and all our coverage because uh, we're covering it 24-7, uh, Kansas City Chiefs. So, uh 
we, you know, thank you. And um, I'm just thank you, thankful for being a uh, guest on the show and being able to talk some football. You bet. We're, we're thankful for having you here, Ed. And uh, that will do it for our breakdown of the Chiefs-Dolphins matchup and a look at the Chiefs sidelines here with Ed. You can follow Paul and I at Brian Cat NFL and Fanatic Pick on Twitter. You can follow on the Fin side here on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and on Spotify. And if it's not in the right side and it's not in the left side, it is on the Fin side. Solo D, take us home. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fin side. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fin side. Listen, Dolphins fans across the land all tuning in to see what Brian Cat and Paul about to do again. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.